Welcome back to Minus 16. And if you're watching the video version of the podcast, you'll know we've got another guest back with Alex and myself. And this time it's Dave Eden from IK Dave, the channel over on YouTube. Dave, how are you keeping? I'm really good, mate. Thank you very much for having me. Oh, awesome. well, we've been building up to this. You kind of like on Twitter last time, and it was hilarious. On Sunday morning, I woke up to all these messages on Twitter and I said to Alex, do you think we can get him on? And Alex was like, probably. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he'll do anything. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm like always the gooseberry here because again you two guys know one another right I'm always the one that's sort of like the third wheel no but you two, no, 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 you no, two guys think. know one another from previous don't you we've we've chatted on Twitter I think we haven't I don't yeah. think we've actually chatted in person or, or no, an, an actual video chat no I've joined your your podcast before with, with Saran mm -hmm. which is where the conversation started really and yeah and I've obviously watched uh, quite a few of your videos during Apple season so mm -hmm. I said to David, it's like, that's, you know, if, if you, if you want to make videos about Apple at that time, there's only you know, a couple of sources I go to and you're one of them. Wow. That is high praise indeed. So if we just jump straight in then, content level, you're making like two or three videos a week, it looks to me. Yeah, I am at the minute. Um, I started off the same way as Saran and uh, about the same time, actually. We were both doing five days a week. Um, I was doing sort of three three news items a day and then like my big focus was like trying to get the community built up so i did a lot of what we call i cave answers which is where the name of the channel came from the channel ended up getting named by the audience as well it started okay. off being called um living on ipad uh, and again content creator during covid um and, and to be fair at the time as well max were really dull uh, <laughs> at the beginning of covid because it was the the days of the very hot Intel Max. So I was like, right, how much can I do with a base iPad? You know, oh, how, how much of my life can I live there? And then obviously Apple started going, well, we're going to make all of the Macs use iPad chips. And um, uh, then the channel sort of changed and hit hit the hit the monetization in three months because the news what? just really supported it. Yeah, it was crazy. I'm 18 months in and I'm still struggling. <laughs> I still haven't yeah, but, hit it. <laughs> but Apple didn't launch Apple Silicon during your first Very true. Little Very chunk. true. That helped a lot. <laughs> Do you reckon, yeah. I mean, both of you started during the COVID times, didn't you? Yeah. Do you think that was a, a golden opportunity? I mean, did you either of you really, I mean, obviously Alex, you and I have spoken a little bit about it. But was it for you, say, Alex, an absolute dis d line in the sand? I am going to start in lock as soon as lockdown hit that March. Did you I think was, this is I what was I to do? Um, I was definitely late, actually. Started, I, I didn't publish a video until July that year. Um, I definitely missed out on the, on the first few months of, of COVID where, you know, everyone was on YouTube. Basically, you know, what else people were doing, right? <laughs> so, mm -hmm. um, but yeah, no, that, and, and I missed, I think that year was a really good year for iPads as well. So I missed that, that gravy train at the beginning of 2020. But um, yeah, it was still good in, in the summer. Uh, and how early on in, in COVID did you start, Dave? Uh, so the channel, I think the first video went up on it in May. But at the beginning, I was doing things like playing a Call of Duty on the iPad, uh, you know, Call of Duty mobile. And just, you know, I've, uh, I've done some YouTube stuff in the past with my bartending. Um, but then this was just the opportunity to to just make some videos and then it was basically as soon as WWDC happened and Apple talked about the Apple Silicon stuff that was coming, that's when I really went, right, this is what I need to do. Um, so it was sort of late June that year and then 
October is when I got monetized. Nice. It, it's true what you just said, though. I mean, during COVID, I remember clearly how much content I was watching. And I don't know what it's like for you guys. I want to watch more YouTube at the moment, but because you're making it, <laughs> you don't get enough to hours in the day to also sit and watch it, do you? Do you find that's a problem? So for me, I, I think I always have YouTube running in the background. I, I watch far more YouTube than I do of Netflix or anything sort of mm. like big production stuff. Uh, I find that my, the, the audience on the channel are asking me, oh, what do you think of this Apple TV series? Because I cover like everything Apple. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I should probably have watched this by now. Um, but yeah, I, I have it on in the mornings when I'm getting the kids ready for school, in the kitchen, when I'm making the lunch boxes, all that sort of stuff. Um, and I listen to podcasts a lot of the time. But yeah, in terms of actually watching tech stuff, I've really reduced the amount of stuff within my own niche that I watch. Mm. And I'm tending to watch more stuff like Danny Gonzalez and, and all the big kind of YouTube behemoths, I guess, because mm. I think you, you learn a bit more about the storytelling from that. I agree. And when, yeah. when I was with you, Alex, you made a really good point. I forget which review it was, but when I was asking you, something was coming out and you said, I'm making a point not to watch those videos so that your content doesn't get influenced or coloured by it, which I think is a really good shout. A hundred percent. It's so tempting when even Marquez releases a video, right? I, I, as I know, it goes straight into my watch later because I just, um, I know if I watch it, I'll, I'll pick up on things that perhaps I wouldn't have picked up. And that's probably... Mm. It's probably good, right? If if you make content that is perfectly like immaculate, but I, I'd like to think that you know my audience would appreciate that there's a human behind the camera as well, right? So I I take my I unbox the thing, I use it, and then I report on my my findings, and I will miss and I'll get things wrong. But then that's that's why reviews exist, right? You come back and two two weeks later, so right, I've now used it more, and here's what I found. But yeah, I don't I don't watch it because you're right, it it tends to influence you a little bit mm. more than it should. I've definitely taken that on board. So, I mean, I guess our kind of production processes vary across the three of us. So for, for you, Dave, I'm thinking turning out two to three videos a week, I mean, they're news-based really, in essence, aren't they? So looking at the kind of the tumbleweed that's blowing around <laughs> at the moment and possibly through until about <laughs> June, <laughs> how's your content shaping up, Dave? <laughs> oh, it is. It's tough at the moment. So luckily we're in what's known as uh Mar is it mac mac marchintosh marchintosh is what they're calling it so it's it's basically there's a classic mac thing that goes on on youtube um during march so i'm and i have been for a while in the process of putting m1 into a macintosh classic too um so putting a new display in it uh which was originally going to be from an ipad can't get that to work at all. So I've picked up another little display, which is going to go in it. I've got new bits of uh, polycarbonate that's going to sort of sandwich that display. Um, so that's one of the things that I'm going to be doing. Uh, M1 powered <laughs> Mac Classic, which is good fun. Um, this studio itself is being completely overhauled at the weekend. Like I'm ripping out what's over here, which is currently shelves. And that's going to be a doorway and the old doors go in and then there's going to be a, the desk moves around. It's going to be absolute chaos in here. So try and get some content out of that, hopefully as well. I was going to say and content. Then be a laundry yeah. at the other end. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, but this, this room is tiny. It's, it's five feet um, from one side to the other. And it's basically the, the boiler room of the house. <laughs> so it, it's, it's great for audio, as you can imagine. Yeah, uh, when, no small when the boiler compact. kicks in, yeah, there's there's a nice bit of uh, you know the the waste pipe goes through the room. So if anyone goes 
to the bathroom, uh, then I re-record things. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's really good fun. Um, so yeah, I mean, I've done what I can with the space, but we're, we're completely changing it. So that's going to be one of the things, but I mean, yeah, I was trying to do three news items a day. Plus the big thing that has kept my channel afloat is what we call IK answers, which is getting the audience to ask me questions and I answer them in a video. So, you know, the, the video that came out today is just one IK answer. So I'm sort of experimenting with, instead of tacking them onto the end of another video, making them all into their own videos to, maybe get a bit more discoverability uh, mm. because it's always difficult to uh, to kind of optimize a video that's got more than one topic <laughs> well let's talk recent videos then shall we uh, we'll start say with you alex shall we the updates on twitter the timeline the time of the day the time in the morning <laughs> the editing <laughs> and the editing and the ed so me and you had a couple of messages last week and you said man i'm struggling with this video i just can't get it made i could tell yeah. from the other b-roll in it that, that you know you, once you've been in it a bit you can see just how much effort went in there yeah is when when the this is uh, i'm using the m1 max macbook pro completely max style i think apart from storage and when the fan goes on this thing, you, you can probably realize, right, it's, it's really working hard. And in, in the last year, I think there's only happened twice. And yeah, the second time was <laughs> this weekend um, <laughs> or, or whenever it was I uploaded. Um, yeah, it's, but, but you know, I, I think I, I'm learning a lot with, with these videos, right? Because I think I know kind of what, what might work. I know also what, what will definitely tank. And this video, to be honest, I wasn't sure because... Uh, you know, I think once you once you've done a couple of videos on something, you you kind of start thinking, oh, hang on, I've already milked this thing too too much, right? Um, but with this, I kind of had a feeling that I had to go a little bit um, above and beyond to 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 be different, right? Because otherwise, people just skip it because they've they've heard it before. So yeah, I I don't know. I'm still learning, but I think it's important to um, find things that not many people are talking about. And to my, you know, to kind of counterpoint what I said earlier about not watching other people's videos, for this video, I actually made a conservative effort to actually watch other reviews and pick up on things that they perhaps weren't talking about. Mm. Uh, so I made a big point about this uh, in the video. But I th yeah, it's, I think they've, they've kind of mentioned something that is really, really important, uh, which is taking, uh, you know, what are you getting in your, I mean, my comments. So if I if I run out of ideas ever, it, it would just I'll just go to my comments because there's so many people there asking, hey, can you do a video about this or how do you do this? And um, and I like the new feature of YouTube Shorts, which allows you to respond to a comment with a short. I think that's brilliant. I've tried that a few times. Didn't you know? Didn't blow up or anything. But I think it's quite a neat neat way of you know maybe doing I gave answers in a short as well that way. Because you've you've done some shorts I've seen, Dave, haven't you? Yeah, a handful. It's again, nothing's really like massively taken off. And some of them have taken longer than making a regular long form video, you know, where I've done the history of the iPhone in 60 seconds. And we've got the stats of what was new in each iPhone. And it's just like images moving through. Yeah, it just takes a while to do them. Um, I, I have been trying to break down some of my longer form where I've done multiple topics into like a short version of it as well. Just cut it up. Um, but yeah, there's, it, it's just the extra time that it takes. And, and I'm sure there is value to it, but how much? Um, it's certainly not going to be monetary value in terms of the monetized shorts at this point. Oh, no, no, um, no that's, that's just pointless. But in terms of reach and getting to some new audience, maybe. 
you know. Yeah, gross. I mean, there are channels. I forgot the name of the uh, I think it's called Accessorize Me. He, he was already a big channel when he started doing shows, but he's now, I think he got a million subs now. I don't know. It's, it's just crazy uh, how, how yeah. much he grew just by doing uh, shows, you know. As much as anything, I kind of view it as a regularity. You know, if there's constantly something going on the channel, be it a post, be it a short, be it a longer form. I, that's kind of the approach I've taken to it, just so there's something happening all the time. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, I think it's. I mean, the, the ones that really do well from uh, from what I can see is where they came up with something quite unique and quite you know quite punchy, uh, almost their own style. Um, all all the stuff that I'm doing right now with shorts is still feels to me anyway. That is, I'm throwing things at the wall, and if it sticks, I'll repeat it. But nothing's nothing sticking at the moment with shorts. So then, with with your production methods, Dave, you, being so regular, do you kind of wake up in the morning, go to all the normal feeds and sites we all look at, and think, "Ah, oh, right, that's newsworthy. That's what I can make a video about today." Is that kind of the way it works? Or have you got a bit of a schedule planned ahead? It's uh, it's a fun combination. Certainly during lockdown the way that things were working was I would look at it as soon as the kids go to bed at night, I would then hit up all the feeds because obviously everything in the States is happening basically a bit later in the day for us. So I'd check through all those feeds, kind of write my script at that point. And I know you guys were talking about teleprompters and stuff last, uh, last week with Saran. Um, mm-hmm. I'm also a teleprompter user, but I do think I can write quite well in my own voice. Mm-hmm. Um, so the way that I speak it. So I've got one of the little teleprompters, which I've pulled off so that you can see it. Um, uh, and this thing is oh, basically, neat. it just uses as another iPhone um, yeah. as the, as the teleprompter. Um, and I know you guys were saying as well that you had one that kind of follows your voice. Mine's a lot more simple than that. It's just got a little Bluetooth remote so I can scroll up and down it. Mm. And um, yeah, I basically use my work iPhone as my teleprompter and <laughs> my regular iPhone is behind it to film everything because everything on the channel is shot on iPhone. Um, as I say, we you, moved away from using a real camera. <laughs> yeah, you and I were talking just pre, pre-show about that. So why? Why would you go away? From, obviously, you've got a real camera. You know how to use a real camera. Had a real went, camera. Sold it. Okay, sold it. So what <laughs> yeah. were you? What was your camera? So I was using a, a Lumix G7. Uh, which does 4K video. It's it's a fine piece of kit, mm. like, but I am incompetent, and <laughs> mainly that's the that's the big challenge for me. Is like the iPhone is so much easier. Like speed of production, remembering that I'm doing news content, it doesn't need to look incredible. It needs to look undistracting. I guess is the the main thing. Mm. Um, I I found that the the G4 autofocus on it was an absolute nightmare. Uh, sorry, the G7. The, the autofocus on it was an absolute nightmare uh, because it was always hunting. Even when you weren't moving, even when it was on manual focus, it would just change its focus randomly. Um, so that was a nightmare for me. Um, mm. Although it had the sort of flip round screen and all that sort of stuff, that was fine. But as soon as the iPhone 12 Pro Max came out and it had the LiDAR autofocus built in, oh my goodness, like how quickly these things focus is unbelievable. Uh, and even now we're using, I'm actually using continuity camera. Um, and mm-hmm. I film most of my videos on con- continuity camera. So it films straight into my Mac. I don't even have to airdrop it anymore. Oh, your times I did it. I hadn't thought about that. I used yeah. to use continuity before I bought this off of Alex, but it goes straight into... Yeah, so using the continuity camera, I just open up uh, QuickTime. Yep. <laughs> record a new movie and it oh, of flips course. over to the continuity camera, records it straight onto my hard drive, onto my SSD. It's great. 
So while we're talking cameras, and again, segue back to your video, Alex, it looks, mm -hmm. are you genuinely switching over to the Samsung then? Is this going to happen? It's happening. Uh, well, it's happened. Uh, so today I've taken some photos of my iPhone. This is my S23 Ultra. The iPhone 14 Pro Max is going on eBay uh, this week. Seriously? It's as yeah. hard, hard yeah. cut as that? Let, well, that's, that's, the, that's the gotcha, right? That's, that's the thumbnail. <laughs> I sold my iPhone. <clears throat> the, the actual content will be, I bought an iPhone 13 mini. Because I'm, I'm generally, you know, obviously I'm wearing a, a, an Apple Watch Ultra, so I can't really get rid of iPhones. Um, and yeah. as a content creator, whenever I hear people saying I switch, I think that's, unless you're creating content just for Apple or just for Samsung or just for Google, Switching is really, really hard because, you know, to produce good balanced content, I think you need to expect, you know, kind of try everything. <laughs> so, so in my case, I, I will never be able to switch from one completely to another. Uh, I, I do enjoy having the Apple watch. I don't want to change that. I don't want to, I've, I've looked at the other Android watches. There's no way I'm going to go. I mean, I like the, the Samsung one, but I don't, mm. I, I prefer the Apple watch Ultra. That's, you know, that's not going to change. So, but I don't need, right now, you know, if I'm really honest with myself, I don't need a 14 Pro Max. Um, it's a luxury item right now that I, I, I simply don't, I mean, it got me out of jail for 4K videos before, um, but I'm actually having more problems than I used to. With the 13 Pro Max, I kept it because even though I was using uh, other phones, like the Pixel, I was using the, the Fold, I, I think... I was actually not having any issues with cold calling, for example, like basic things like making a phone call. Whereas with the iPhone 14 Pro Max, and I don't know if it's my unit, but I've had nothing but issues. I mean, honestly, I mean, every time I call my wife, you know, it's probably a good thing. But I have a problem. I can't <laughs> hear you or call me again or whatever. It's just a nightmare. It's just strange. Whenever I call you, it's fine. Just your wife. Odd. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Go figure. Yeah. So, I mean, have you noticed that the video is that much better than it's on the Samsung? It's really caught up now, has it? Because that was... Yeah, the I wouldn't say better. I would say for 4K with good lighting, uh, it's amazing. I mean, I did a whole video. Actually, my best performing video last month was a two-minute video. Not quite a short, but not a long form. And I don't appear in the video, so that's telling me something, isn't it? <laughs> uh, Your feet do. Yeah. I just, You've got lovely the back, shoes. The, the back of me yeah, appears. <laughs> but yeah, I... I I just think, you know, that was an 8K video on a phone. And I, I'm thinking, you know, I, and I said that at the end, I said that it's no longer a gimmick, right? It's just, it is possible to film an entire movie if you want to with these with this devices. I did the same with the iPhone in Pro, Pro Res, right? Um, mm. Which again, was incredible. Um, but yeah, I, I just think, I wouldn't say it's better. I said the iPhone has, a, has some character that is, uh, I think I can't really put my finger in it. It's just... 4K, even 24 frames per second for me looks beautiful on the iPhone, but I'm I'm seeing some really good quality stuff coming out of the of the Samsung. I haven't done like low light stuff, and I haven't done night nightography. Is that what they call it? That is the phrase, sadly, um, that's now coined. Yes, but in good lighting, or I mean, I did. I'll post it later on Twitter. I, I I've got a smoke machine, a tiny one, like it's a fog machine, and I filmed my Apple Watch as a new strap that I got. And I put some smoke in it and I filmed it with the S23 Ultra. It looks fantastic. I mean, it, it, I, if I said I filmed it on the A7S3, people probably believe it. Mm. Um, so yeah, it's, it's definitely, they're definitely catching up. And again, talking about recent videos, again, just pre-show, Dave, you and I were talking about your one today, the iPad Ultra. Now, from what you just said, was that a suggestion from a viewer then? 
Yeah, absolutely. Was so the the question sort of came in. We've got Apple Watch Ultra. We've got uh, Ultra chips. We've got the iPhone Ultra apparently on the way. Maybe I'm not 100% convinced by this. Mm-hmm. I'm not even 100% convinced by some of the uh, leaks that we've seen, um, including the photo- uh, the photos of them. Um, but there was like, if we were getting an old uh, an iPad Ultra, what would we be looking at? And yeah, we've had rumors for a 14 or a 16 inch iPad in the past. Um, yeah, what we would did. be yeah. the reason? <laughs> you know, what what would you get that's Ultra on it? And uh, I mean, I think it would definitely be a tool. It would be something for. Uh, videographers that they could attach as a monitor and then do some in-field editing, that kind of thing. And obviously graphics is a huge thing with the, with the uh, iPads using Apple Pencil. So, I mean, I think there's the scope for it, but I don't know if 16 inches is what we need in an iPad. Um, it would be I, huge, I, had to take a few, I had to take a few deep breaths now because, you know, you touched on a subject that I'm really passionate about, which is the iPad, specifically the Pro. Mm-hmm. And, you, and you're absolutely right. I don't think, you know, when you say an ultra, you think, okay, more performance or, you know, a better, better something that is not already on the pro. Um, but in my view, and I'd like to hear what you think about this, but in my view, the pro already has way more capable hardware than probably any tablet in the market, right? Um, but it's what it can do from a software perspective that I think lacks a little bit. Um, but maybe for the majority of people who actually use the, the iPad Pro, this is not an issue. But for me, I like to see it just being able to do more. You're almost like, iPad Pro almost like a laptop, close to being able to, to be a laptop, but not, not quite a laptop. You know, I don't know. So you've got a yeah, Pro, I, Dave? No, I haven't. I've got the A14 powered iPad Air. That's, that's as far as I've gone because I don't need any more. And it's very much what you're saying is like... Everything that Apple does, and I think this is possibly an issue that Apple's going to have going forward, is if you want iPad software, it's got to be able to run on all the current iPad devices. In fact, not even just all the current iPads, Mm. all of the iPads that can currently run iOS 16. So if they were to put out a version of Final Cut Pro, it's basically got to go back to what the the 8th generation, 7th generation iPad base model. Um, yeah. because it's still running the current software. They're, they're not going to be able to put something that taxing on it, or at least they'll have to limit no. the number of tracks that you can have, something along those lines. And, and honestly, I, I don't think people, I mean, I use Final Cut daily ba- on a daily basis. I don't think having that on the iPad would make me want to use it more. I think it's, you know, having a continuity version of Final Cut. So for example, you know, you might, just finish some some editing on the iPad and sync it to the Mac when you're back in the office. You know, some some get out of jail things that are pro-like, but not not having the full fat software on it. Um, something like that would be useful. Uh, you know, having some just a better stage manager, I think, as well. Right? It's nothing crazy. Is is purely coding. Right? We're talking here. It's just it's not hardware related. Just better better behavior of multitasking. I think that that would be good. Um, what do you tend to find you use your iPad for most of the time then, Alex? Right now? It yeah. collects a lot of dust right now. <laughs> <laughs> See, this is the thing. Like, like you use your Samsung, like, don't you? I do have the Samsung on the desk, but you know, this is this is the huge like 12.9 uh, iPad Pro. Beautiful machine, right? With the Retina, forgot it is. Beautiful screen. But you know, I I don't find I don't find a reason to use it anymore because it's just Which is exactly why I haven't bought one. 
like like you, Dave, I've got, in fact, it's my mum's old iPad mini. And the only reason I've dusted that off is to use it on the teleprompter. <laughs> I, use, I use my iPad Air every single day, though, in the evenings to watch Netflix, to watch um, Apple TV. That's Somebody my used to watch Netflix. <laughs> You're the person that's still keeping yeah, Netflix exactly. going. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. Um, it's borrowed someone's account. Yeah, no, mine's no, about no, to drop no. off because I'm still backing off my daughter's account. It's the only thing she's ever given me. And of course, yeah. the thing that's about to stop now, that's, and the only reason I've got it at the moment or would think about it is Drive to Survive. I mean, I loved it. But of course, they're doing that now, aren't they? They're doing the first three or four episodes. Uh, series, uh, episodes. Probably the, yeah, that's what I'm watching right now. Uh, I think it's, yeah, it's, well, it's awesome. To keep the subscription. Because the same yeah. producers did one on tennis as well called Breakpoint. I mean, very, very similar, exactly the same sort of format. But again, you've got the first three episodes and then they're waiting now until Wimbledon in the summer just to keep your subscriptions going in to make sure that, you, you, that you're still there. You know, I, I know it was coming. We've all heard what's going to be happening with Netflix. Yeah. But uh, interesting, you said a while back, Dave, about you, viewers uh, getting in touch with you, saying you should watch something on Apple TV. And uh, you, you need to get in touch with me. I think I'm I'm keep, I'm propping up the profits of Apple TV single-handedly. I found Liaison last night. I started watching that. Another good. I mean, I'm yeah, I'm a, I'm a big fan of a lot of the stuff they've done. I've watched the first episode mm. of Shrinking, and I think that's really good oh, for all mm, mankind. I'm a huge huge fan of anything space related. So you know, for all mankind was a, a great one for me. I love mm -hmm. the sort of alternate history thing. Uh, we watched Defending Jacob when that came out. Morning Show, can't wait for that to come back. Those are really, really good. And these are things that I watch sort yeah. of with, with my wife. That's, that's our evening as well, stuff. right? Which one? Which one, sorry? Severance. Severance, Severance. Severance. That's one I haven't, I haven't into, done actually. yet. No. That's really I good. To. I was really, yeah. It's, it's a little bit dark, but awesome. Bad Sisters mm. I enjoyed last year. Slow like Horses I'm all up to date with. Um, we can cry in his dear Ted Edward. Again, that's the other. That's the other big one. Severance and Ted Lasso. I've not got into, which is mm -hmm. crazy. The amount of oh, yeah. TV I watch, and those two, I've not because the new season of Ted Lasso has just come out now. Out. Isn't it? Yeah, out now. Anytime now. Yeah. Um, yeah. I Ted Lasso is one that everyone told me you've got to watch it. You've got to watch it. You've got to watch it. I got four episodes in. I was bored, uh, and I think <laughs> it's. <laughs> if I'm honest, I think it's Americans writing British lines is yep. the issue. Because it's it's Bill Lawrence um, who's produced it, and I love his work because that's Scrubs. Yeah, it's the guy that's behind Scrubs. Scrubs is one of the best TV shows of all time, mm. as far as I'm concerned. But when he's trying to write English, it just doesn't feel right. <laughs> I think that's all it is for me. It's uh, when he's trying to write for English characters, they don't feel natural. Yeah, yeah there's I mean, something I about the main character, I think, that, is, is I mean I think you're right though um, that there is there's a lot of things that they get wrong from a British culture perspective but I think that adds a little bit to the to the to the comedy um, but yeah the main character for me is is what is what makes it funny because he's trying really hard to yeah mm. to, to kind of fit in um, yeah, anyway uh, I like it yeah it's, it's, wasn't I didn't actually think we were going to necessarily shoot talk about Apple TV but it's one of my absolute pet loves of the moment. I, I'm watching more of that than anything else, as I say. And, I, and of course, I'm watching everything through it as well. So I'm on a beta test with Sky here in the UK, our satellite provider. So I'm actually watching Sky through Apple TV, YouTube through Apple TV, everything. BBC when I watch it through the iPlayer. So I haven't turned my Skybox on for I don't know how long now. Everything I'm watching is through that. I want to catch up through it. So um, I wanted to talk blood glucose testing, not because I'm a trained doctor or anything of the sort, but I know your son is actually a diabetic, right, Dave? 
Yeah, that's right. So he's type 1 diabetic, which basically means his body doesn't produce insulin properly. And obviously it became interesting because obviously Apple's working on this at the moment. Um, Mark Gurman had a big thing about the uh, experimental design group um, at the weekend. And yeah, it looks like they're trying to do the non-invasive version. Now, your son's already kind of teched up, because just before you joined us, Alex, we were having a, a chat, and, and yeah. I believe Dave's son was already wearing a, a, a kind of a converted iPhone, or converted phone to monitor his glucose, right? Yeah, so basically, it, you might have seen the adverts for things like Zoe on Instagram. It comes up quite a bit, but it's basically the quantified self stuff, but that's all derived from these Abbott Libra scanners. goes onto your arm, uh, and you, use, you have to sort of insert it. There is a... A needle involved uh, and the the scanner basically lasts for about two weeks and uses nfc so you tap your iphone on it and it will tell you your current blood glucose which direction it's moving all that sort of stuff and it's accurate enough that you can then do your dosing with it um and obviously in the past everyone's had to do finger pricks and all that sort of stuff and then uh, give the glucose with a like a pen uh, with a with a needle on the end of that as well but on his other arm he wears a uh, Omnipod, which is basically a blood, uh, a, a, an insulin dosing device, which is run through a, a handset, which is basically a repurposed Android phone. Uh, and yeah, the, the whole system is quite self-contained. Apparently, it's going to get even more so where the sensor will talk to the, the delivery method uh, internally quite soon. Mm-hmm. But yeah, um, it's getting there. But wearing an Apple Watch to do it would be even better. But I'm not convinced it's going to be the same. Yeah. Does diabetes touch your family at all, Alex? No, no, not so. But yeah, no, it's, it's impressive, though, right? What, what we what we can do. I mean, um, a good friend of mine I was talking to actually testing the S23 Ultra uh, cold uh, this weekend. He mentioned that he yeah the, the watch actually caused him to um, yeah go visit the hospital because you know he alerted that there was something wrong with his with his heart rate and stuff. So. Uh, yeah, it's it really is impressive, and it, I mean, I know Tim Cook always brings this up in his in his uh, presentations, right? Um, the letters that he gets from people. But yeah, I think I mean they do some amazing stuff around around health and uh, I mean emergency services. I take the Mickey out of it most of the time, but it it is impressive, right? If, if you do get stuck or if you do have a health issue, um, these things can be quite yeah, like life changing, really. Well, yeah, I, mean, I wrote a piece this week, actually. I think I called it something like Apple going to be your first go-to healthcare provider or something. Clearly, wearable healthcare is is clearly the market they're moving towards. And if they can manage to nail invasive-free glucose testing, that's going to be a huge, huge thing for them. So you can only imagine the amount of work that's going on there at the moment. I'm sure it's, you know, that they must be within, well, I know it's not going to be quick, but I'm sure they're making great progress nonetheless. Mm. Yeah, amazing. My, my, thought, my thought on it is that it's going to be able to give you a good idea of your blood glucose. And I think it's going to be more aimed towards um, athletes and like the wellness market more than the healthcare market. Um, so I think it'll probably be, you know, within a unit, whereas when we're doing blood glucose for uh, dosing his insulin, it's got to be within 0.1 of a millimole of blood glucose concentration. Um, so I think it will be more of a case of people will know that over time they've had high glucose, uh, high blood glucose levels. And then that is a good reason to go and see your doctor rather than mm. 
ending up in A&E because you've fallen into, you know, you've collapsed or what have you, because over time it's been so high. Yeah, I right. think prevention is clearly where they're heading, isn't it? They're trying to get ahead of I it and so. say, yeah, we've noticed that, that you, there might be something you need to go and talk to somebody about. Uh, but also improving your diet over time as well, seeing which foods spike your blood glucose, you know, whether you know the exact number or not, very much like they're doing with the temperature sensors in Apple Watch. Um, mm. If you can see that you've got a trending up, you know, you get a spike with this kind of food and then it crashes and that's when you mm. feel hungry, you know, people can change the way that they're eating as well. I think it's it's interesting. Um, and for, for athletes monitoring their levels throughout a marathon, for example. Yeah. Do, do you think the, you know, especially the Apple Watch and the Apple Watch Ultra specifically, I mean, it's got so much potential, right, for, for, for athletes and health stuff. I use it mainly, and all the main things that I enjoy using it for is for sleep tracking. Um, but I, I still find annoying that I have to, like, add third-party applications to, <laughs> to, to do it properly. Do, do you find that with other things as well, that, you know, the, the, the stuff that comes with the Apple devices sometimes, you know, it could be better, like, like monitoring and, and things like that. You know, why should we like, already pay Apple One or whatever the, the plan is, right? Mm -hmm. Why should I have to buy another subscription to do, to do something that Apple could do, like, like sleep tracking, which, which seems to me like a, a core function of, 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 of the sensors? Mm. Yeah, I, I, think that's, I think that's a decent argument. I would also say, though, people don't buy a Windows computer and wonder why it doesn't have every piece of software that they'd want <laughs> built true. into it. Yeah. Uh, when, you, when you buy a Mac or you buy a, an iPhone, you get a lot more sort of built-in software than you get with Windows or with Android. You know, you get a, mm. a pretty decent video editor in things like iMovie. You get a pretty decent audio editor in GarageBand. You get a pretty decent office suite <laughs> that's all kind of included with it. So I think they do quite well with that. But there's always going to be ways that it can be expanded out. You know, mm. Notes is great. Mm. Notion is better. Um, there's always going to be ways that other companies can take it further. And Apple does have some sleep tracking built in, but allowing other companies. Do you not think if Apple took it to the extreme on everything, they'd get in more trouble with antitrust? Maybe. Because Maybe. they're not leaving opportunity for other companies. <laughs> I wonder if that's a reason. Yeah, because I, I did actually make that comment in one of my videos about the watch, which was, it, it would be a click of a finger right, for, for, some, for, for Apple to buy a company like, I think it's called, um, I don't even know what it's called. The, the company, I think it's just called. Pillow, is it? Well, that's another uh, sleep cycle, is the one I use. Pillow's one. It's awesome, right? It, 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 it records even my snoring. Um, but like I said, you know, it, it uses data to kind of say, right, that day you went to bed late or you had coffee a certain time. You know, there, there are things that you can add as notes for that day so that you can see trends, right? When, when I, when I do this, I had a bad night's sleep, you know, you, you can see that stuff. And, and on the Apple side, the graphics are amazing, but there's not enough data. So, mm -hmm. which is why I use a different, a different I've not app. actually it, tried any third party sleep apps. Oh, I mean, I'm enjoying I mean, the use of it on the, cause I haven't, I haven't got the ultra. What have you got an Apple watch Dave? Yeah. So I've still got the first SE, um, right. which has been great for me. And I, I've never felt the need to, to go further than that. Yes, it would be great fun. And I was actually looking secondhand. You can get an, uh, 
a Series 7 or a Series 8 for a couple of hundred quid now from CEX or somewhere. Um, so I was a little bit tempted. But um, yeah, I, I don't feel like I need to upgrade. Um, a lot of people have been saying that the battery life's the reason with the Ultra. And yeah, it looks great. But having worn it, I think the extra weight, I'd prefer to keep it small and charge it when I wake up in the morning. How are you finding yeah, your battery life now? Because you said you were seeing it dipping a bit, weren't you, Alex? <clears throat> Somebody silly. <laughs> it's mine. <laughs> it was um, always going to happen, uh, right? Yeah. Uh, 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 when you're called Alex, it's really difficult. Right? At home, uh, it, course, it, she yeah. goes off all the time. Um, so anyway, yeah, the, I had issues with it once. iOS, sorry, watch OS 9.2 maybe or 9.1. Whatever we're on now is is fine. Um, it, it lasts. Yeah, if, if I don't exercise, for example, um, it will last three, four days. Uh, if I do go to the gym, then maybe two and a half, three days. It's, yeah, it is. It is what it was when I first got it in September, whatever it was. Um, yeah. and, and just out of interest, just get, getting back to the sleep tracking apps, then do you think that it'd be worth me looking into there that much? better they give you that much more information there is one feature for me which which is which is probably why i'm thinking maybe you know we don't need all the data stuff and i'd agree with david that for those extra bits you, you should probably go and get an app but there's a, there's one feature that i think this should just be in the watch which is it was the alarm function so with sleep cycles um you know that there's 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 deep sleep and obviously it's when when you're almost awake uh if you set an alarm for say 6 a.m and you are in deep sleep at 6 a.m., it will figure out that you should probably wake up at 5.45 instead, and it will feel a lot fresher, even though you woke up earlier. So mm -hmm. there's this window of, and it's a very basic function. So I set my alarm to 6.30. If I'm in, in deep sleep at 6.30, I want, the alarm will, will go off earlier. Um, you know, it's, it's a simple thing, but I think that, that, could, be, that could be in the watch. I, don't, I shouldn't need an, an app for it. Well, certainly on the ultra, the amount that they're asking for that, I mean, you'd imagine that everything and the kitchen sink should be involved, included in that, wouldn't you? I mean, at the kind of price point. Yeah, but that alone for me is, is, is a good reason to have this app because it is, you know, when I wake up, um, you know, it's, I feel a lot, you know, I don't feel tired straight away. And you know, it's like, even though sometimes I wake up earlier than my alarm, which is, uh, so sounds counterintuitive, but yeah, it's incredible how, you know, just waking up at the right cycle makes a big difference. I didn't give that thought actually. Yeah, I suppose because it happened the other morning. I had, I'd actually had a really good night's sleep, and I felt so lethargic when I woke up. And it's because I think I was in really deep sleep when I happened to get up, which was you know kind of sods a lot. I'd be waiting. I know I was. I've been listening to a test match through the night, and <laughs> I finished listening about three thirty in the morning, and uh, and suddenly I was in this really deep sleep. But of course, then it was time to get up, and the result was I felt really grotty for the rest of the day. But um, just changing tack slightly, um, well. In fact, a complete sea change. Mac Pro. Mac Pro. Now, I've made videos about it and I've had renders drawn of it. And I know you've made videos about it as well, Dave. And mm -hmm. Alex, as a video editor, I'm sure a Mac Pro would be something you'd welcome. Maybe. So yeah. what do we think they're going to do with it? I mean, first of all, is it going to happen? Because it, it sounds now that it's so denatured from where it was going to be. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not sure it is as far away from what everyone thought it was going to be as people think. So obviously the, the Mac Pro, at least according to my audience and uh, the Twitterverse, 
uh, has to be uh, infinitely upgradable. Everything has to be removable. You have to be able to basically replace your own capacitors on the board, all that sort of stuff, uh, with custom capacitors that are faster, all that sort of stuff. You know, people want to be able to have customizable RAM, all of that kind of thing. But that does not gel with what Apple Silicon is at all. The, the, the thing that makes Apple Silicon as fast as it is, is that combination of unified memory, which is attached to the chips and it's basically baked into it. And the fact that the GPUs and the CPUs can use it all at the same time. They don't have to copy between different areas of memory. So to do that and also have sticks of RAM doesn't really work. So mm. I, I had a few thoughts on this and we've we've had some rumors recently that maybe are kind of uh, agreeing with that so late 2020 when we first had apple silicon come out i sort of talked about what i would see apple's roadmap as being and obviously back then we were talking about m1x as being the the faster chips not m1 pro m1 max and all that sort of thing everyone keeps talking about how the m1 ultra is basically two m1 maxes that they've joined together with this kind of interconnect it's not it, the m1 max is an m1 ultra that's been cut in half <laughs> when it comes off the die i'm almost certain that that thing is one unified piece in the m1 ultras uh, and they slice it because they also slice a chunk off of it to make the pros so it's basically which bits work <laughs> we'll cut it off at different levels so we're not going to probably go above the ultra size because once you get into that territory, you know, you're going to be taking a, a silicon wafer and you're trying to get usable chips out of it. Now, when they get to that sort of size, you might get a whole wafer where you've got four errors on the, the wafer and you get no usable chips. Um, so I think we're probably going to see multiple M1 Ultras or M2 Ultras or M whatever number Ultras. And I think they're going to be upgradable after the fact. I don't think you're going to have to buy all of your chips at the same time. Do you think there'll be like a user up? Well, not by having to go back to the retail shops and buy some sort of Apple approved upgradable kit. Is that the way you're thinking? I don't think you'll even have to go back to the Apple store. So the MPX modules that Apple makes for the Mac Pro as it is, which is the GPU cards and that sort of stuff at the moment, um, they use what they called infinity fabric between uh, to move between the cards so that you could basically link multiple cards together. I've got a feeling that they're going to do something very, very similar with uh, SOC cards. So basically you could buy a Mac Pro with one or more M2 Ultras built into it, and then you can literally go to the Apple Store and get another card, but you can only get them from Apple. Obviously it will be their own chips, and you'll basically be able to just stack uh, these these system on a chips inside the case and in effect it'll work more like distributed computing so if you were doing supercomputing across a network where you've got multiple processors multiple gpus you'll have basically one master card that's running the whole show and sending tasks off to the others so i don't mm. think it will work and appear as one system I think it will basically work. Uh, I think, uh, Alex, you might have mentioned that you were using Compressor to do some of your, your work with the 8K footage. I think it was Compressor that you probably were talking about, that £50 extra. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, Compressor I can it. basically I use the network. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, Compressor can basically send your render uh, jobs off across the network to other systems that are on your network um, so that they're running 
well out of the way and you can basically do all of your work yeah. carry on working on your main system uh, and i, I think, think that's um, basically what they'll do i think there's um i mean it's fascinating to, to hear all the stuff because uh, most of the stuff you're talking about probably completely goes over my head but it, it, in a way kind of i see i see where you're going with it because it's it's kind of putting, I mean, I haven't spent a lot of time thinking about this, but when, when I do realize how much power is already available at a personal computing level, right, uh, within within the Apple Silicon, outside of like farms of rendering servers and, um, you, know, you know, boutique media agencies using AI to do stuff and 3D designing, um, it's, it's hard to see that, that, machine right being needed today because what you can do already with like the m2 ultras and and whatnot is just um is mind-blowing already i mean even even the mac the m2 mac mini <laughs> that came out recently it was like geez that that's a that's a powerful little beast right um because of that for 600 quid <laughs> that's what i got it's just uh, it's incredible i'm actually doing a video on the next because because it's easier content but um <laughs> I'm I'm so impressed with it because I just went for the base model and and it's yeah it's doing everything I needed to do without a sweat. So um, how does it stack yeah. up against your totaled out M1 Max MacBook Pro? Are you finding it any slower, yeah. claggy, or not? Of course, yeah. There'll there'll definitely be. If I start laying, I think in my video, um, I did try to put multiple layers of 4K, just 4K 24 video. Yeah, it wasn't. I used 10 bit, so it's not you know heavy fi files from the camera. Um, yeah, it, it doesn't do well. It does, it does start to, I mean, especially the base model, maybe the M2 Pro will be okay. Um, but yeah, I mean, my, even my M2 MacBook Air with a little bit more RAM was, was performing better, but nothing, nothing beats. I mean, this thing's got, I think 64 gig, um, of memory. So it's going to be, yeah, it's going to take something to, yeah, to match up to it. Because that Mac Studio, I've never used one, not in earnest. Mm. Apple kind of almost shot themselves in the foot there that it was so good. But I've got this theory that they don't do anything by mistake. And even though that came out a year and a half ago, they kind of knew their roadmap. They knew the direction they were going oh, yeah. to go with a Mac Pro, I'm sure, even back then. And when they bought out that Mac Studio, they, they knew how it's going to fit together. Maybe it was just a case of buying them more time until they bought the Mac Pro out. Yeah, that's basically what the iMac Pro was at the time as well when that came out. That was because their Mac Pro wasn't ready. They needed yeah. something for Pros, which is why you could get Xeon chips in that. Um, but yeah, this I mean, the, the Mac Studio is sort of the spiritual successor to the G4 Cube, I guess. Mm. You know, it's, it's closer in size to that. It's supposed to be basically a Mac Pro alternative. Um, but yeah, I think the, the big difference is going to be as well getting the I.O., that you can put into it for audio engineers being able to have XLR inputs and all of that sort of stuff. Um, and I think you will get expandable storage in it, but if you want the expandable memory, that's going to come with the extra SOC cards, I think. I, I do miss those days, right? I think I had, um, for work, I was so <laughs> hashtag blessed, right? My, my boss said, right, what machine do you want to for your work? And I was just in, in IT. I don't need a, a Windows laptop would have done it, like a Dell machine would have done it. But uh, I said, I'd, I'd like to try the new G5. And oh my gosh, that thing was just amazing. And it gave me the display as well, one of the first cinema displays that, that came out. Mm -hmm. 
was awesome. I've I mean, got those I, in the attic. Yeah, <laughs> I used to, yeah it was one of those. Yeah, it's a rare moments when you actually look forward to go to work just to use the, the gear because yeah, it was it's really really amazing hardware. I suppose one of you's got a Pro Display XDR kicking about. Have you? I need a bit of B-roll of one. And at the moment, I'm going to have to drive <laughs> to the local store tomorrow and try and get around the, the guys looking at me while I take a quick video of a Pro Display XDR. If you've got one, a bit of B-roll be really handy, chaps. Just saying. I don't. Know. Sorry, no. I use a TV <laughs> as, as my main display on my desk. And, and again, yeah, I'm also using the, the MacBook Air M2. That's my main machine. Yeah. yeah. I mean, they are I just... I went from an Intel iMac to the MacBook Pro that I'm on now, the M1 Max. And of course it was day and night, but like many of us last year, I got the M1 MacBook Air and I've done a little bit of work and I wouldn't choose to do it. You know, like all of us, I kind of proved that it could be done, but they're just mm. such capable machines mm. now, aren't they? They really yeah. are. It's hard to buy a bad Mac, but well, you can't buy. A and at 600 quid, you say for that Mac Mini, if you've got peripherals, they're not even expensive. I mean, you're buying into ridiculously powerful computing for not that much money. Yeah. You, you can say drive you can't buy a bad Mac. <laughs> you say you can't buy a bad Mac, but there is still an Intel Mac Pro. <laughs> I love yeah, mine. I'll, I'll, yeah. It, it's amazing how that machine at the beginning of 2020, that's the one I had. And it, it was only, fresh. I think it came out end of 2019, wasn't it? Q4 somewhere. Mm. Mm. Um, yeah, i9, again, maxed out memory and everything. Yes, it did amazing for me for, for the beginning of the channel. As soon as the M1 came out, and this is a, a conspiracy theory more than anything, but yeah, that thing slowed down. The fans wouldn't stop going. And it's just, <laughs> and, I, and I think I did a video on it actually, uh, downgrading to whatever whatever the OS was, fixed it. Now going back to the original OS. Oh, really? Made it, made it be fine. So yeah, there's something to be said about not updating old Intels. Yeah. <laughs> and looking ahead to the rest of the week then, chaps, um, what content have you, are you thinking about making, Dave? So, yeah, there's going to be some Marchintosh stuff with the uh, with the Mac Classic. That's going to be quite fun. Um, I've already done a mechanical keyboard that I've spray-painted in that uh, that lovely beige that everything came in back in the 80s. Um, so that's, that's quite fun. Uh, there is going to be some stuff coming with the new studio. Uh, there's going to be a bit of a desk tour. I do get sent random products by people. Uh, so I'm going to catch up on some of those. Like there's a, a watch that does your blood pressure and stuff like that. that I'm going to just, you know, get, get some extra content out of Joby sent me some quite cool stuff, uh, like the Joby swing and the Joby spin, which are mm. basically camera slides that are uh, iPhone controlled as well. Um, and they're really, really good. I use those for some B roll, uh, when I was starting off the Mac, uh, project 91 thing. So, um, yeah, those, those are really good. And I actually need to make a proper video about them. I look forward to that. Yeah, I've seen that yeah. I want to, want to have a look at yeah, that. The, they're great. The Wavo Air though, I've got the microphones, the wireless mics that they do as well. Mm -hmm. And they sound fine, but they've got this weird cut out that happens. And I thought it was my Bluetooth remote for the <laughs> teleprompter that was interfering with the Bluetooth on them. But then I was doing a video without them and it's happening. So I'm going to see if there's a bit of a software update for them. Um, but yeah, it's a, they're, they're really nice bits of kit and they'd be great for mm. doing anything live. But for video, it's a bit annoying when you, you get your good take and there's a little mm. dropout in the middle of it <laughs> for like... Yeah, when well, everything's going so like, well and suddenly... Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and you don't know until you get to the edit. We've all had that moment, haven't we? We've all had that yeah. moment. 
And, and last night, I'm sure I saw on Twitter, Alex, that you said you were going to be breaking from convention and do it. Well, it looked like it was going to be like a gaming video, but then today yeah. you said, oh, but is, so is that well, sort of tying in the M2 then? Yeah, yeah. So the, I haven't really figured out the title yet, but I need, for sponsoring reasons, I need to involve, <laughs> involve the M2 Mac Mini and a gaming setup in a video somehow. So right. I've, I've written two paragraphs and I think it's going to be around, yeah, the, the because in my previous videos where I shared, and I just thought it would be cool to, to play like AAA games on the, on the M2 Mac Mini. Because people talk about, you know, gaming on Apple being a joke. I think with cloud gaming, that, that completely goes away. And a lot of the games today that people play are through Steam anyway. Right? So it's kind of a bit of a, so yeah, I've got Windows 11 running through Parallels and I've got Steam and I've got Xbox, uh, cloud, whatever they call it. And also GeForce now running, so all of that is in the Mac, right? So it's it's totally possible to play and quite easy to do as well. Uh, if you started working, see that how video, the yeah. Apple Arcade games are. <laughs> oh yeah, true. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. Don't get me started on that. But yeah, I'll, I'll <laughs> politely uh, delight, decline to comment on that one. <laughs> what, an Apple Arcade. <laughs> yes. I mean, I have a little mini rant. Have a little mini rant. They just look like Tetris, don't they? All, all of those games? I don't know. Kind of like a polished, ver a polished version of Tetris. <laughs> there's, there's that Final Fantasy one that's really, really fun. Um, but uh, NBA as well. I, 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 I don't know if you guys saw. Yeah, I don't know if you guys saw, but Linus uh, Sebastian was ranting about it on his uh, one show this week because he, he basically bought an Apple TV so he could play it. Mm -hmm. uh, and then got really annoyed because it got really hard. <laughs> so he just <laughs> threw, it, threw it away. <laughs> I was like, oh. Too old liners. Yeah. No, I haven't seen that. Yeah, okay. My heart's <laughs> bleeding. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. The, the number of just factual errors they make on their Mac content is, is <laughs> quite obscene sometimes. Actually, you meant something right back at the beginning, Dave, I wanted to pick up on, and I forgot back then, mm. and it was about optimization. You were talking about sort of like spreading out on your, because I think the algorithm kind of well, affects all of us, and I think it interests a lot of mm. us. And I think you were saying about having too many diverse, well, more than, say, two or three products in a video. The, the, it just wasn't good for optimization. Have you found that to be the case in looking at your metrics? Yeah, so in terms of one of the big challenges, I guess, when I first started and there was loads of Apple news was I would do three stories in a video, but then how do you title it? How do you work out which is the one that's going to get the most clicks? How do you make your thumbnail work for that? Um, and obviously now we don't have that problem. We have nothing to talk about most of the time. But um, but I have been doing these iCave Answers kind of omnibus videos where I've been sort of answering a bunch of questions and I try and build a hook for the beginning of the video where I literally just run it down like a news broadcast almost. So you do headlines and then you get into them and put the, yeah, put the timestamps in, but you're still only putting one of them into the title or two of them maybe into the title and the thumbnail. So mm. yeah, I've just been, yesterday I recorded, I think six or seven IK answers, but I did an intro and an outro for each one. So I'm just trying to break them up into their own videos to see if that, mm. Just it, it gives me a little bit more data, if nothing else, on which of the topics are more interesting to the audience. Because I know a lot of YouTubers will make a video on an iPhone and get huge amounts of views. But if I make a video with an iPhone in it, 
it tends to be that nobody cares because all of my stuff started off with Apple Silicon. So my audience is more interested in Macs than iPhones, which is fine. Um, but you know, the, the fact that my whole channel is built on Apple and it uses basically only Apple stuff, you know, it's filmed on the iPhone. It's, it's edited on the Mac. It tended to be airdropped and now it's continuity camera. I think this is, it's kind of interesting, but yeah, there's, it, it's really difficult to work out <laughs> which bits find it. people are the most interested in. It, it's it's fascinating at the same time, quite frustrating as a creator, right? Because I'm with you. I right? sometimes, you know, like this weekend, I guarantee my video will tank because no one in my community probably will click on the thumbnail that says gaming on it. I've never done, uh, I think I've done a couple of like PS5 video, I mean, and they tanked. Uh, I think there's, um, the, the reason why I'm putting the Mac Mini there is because those were popular. So hopefully they will come back for it, even though you know, it's... But, but I think in general, YouTube says on one hand, right, if you, if you read through their creator community, they will say something like, it's good for you to experiment with different content to grow your audience, right? To kind of go into different areas. Not, not completely off-piste, but relatable, right? Like in your case, it's like, come on. Apple, iPhone, Macs, right? It should be similar, similar audience, so not a stretch to to push those videos out to those mm, people. Mm. So it's just funny how how you know, in one hand they say that you know experiment, but on the other hand they won't they won't push your videos to um, unless your current audience clicks on the thumbnails because they use yeah. the CTR as a way of saying okay, you, enough of your current viewers clicked on it, let's push it out to other people. Um, it, I I don't like that aspect of YouTube because it. <laughs> It, it inhibits people from experimenting in a way. Does the, you're always chasing, always chasing that dragon. <laughs> and in your experience, yeah. guys, has the like button actually made a big difference? If people, from then a YouTube point of view, if, if viewers take the time to actually hit a like, have you noticed that that has helped the distribution to a greater audience? I'll, I'll let Dave go first. I have a yeah, I have experience <laughs> experimented with it as well. I'd say, yeah, I'd say for me, not massively. The one thing that I think has helped with my channel especially early on is i did and i still do reply to every single comment there's not been a single comment on any of my videos that hasn't been replied to uh, as long as youtube's actually showed it to me um and obviously i've been at the beginning certainly trying to build conversations i started off doing this notification squad thing where i basically say let me know if you've rung the bell in the comments and you get a shout out at the end of the next video um, which has now been replaced basically because I've got a Patreon because my audience demanded that I made one because they were like, we want to give you some thank yous. I was like, okay, fine. That's There's it. not a great deal of extra stuff, but <laughs> thanks. Awesome. Um, but, uh, but you know, it, and it's, you know, it's 30, 40 quid a month. It's not a huge amount of money by any means, but it's, it's lovely that they're mm. really happy to do it, you know? Mm. Um, but in terms of that, I think the interaction and, and the, the conversation when it happens in the comment section is much more important than the likes. But I think that's because it's a, a higher effort thing. If you're going to comment and have a proper, you know, Take interaction. Time. Yeah. There's, there's more of a, a signal to YouTube that there's some interest here than clicking. Yeah, I agree. I, I, I see that like button purely as a, a tactic to get a video out to other people because you know if if a profile user liked a video the idea is that youtube would go okay if this profile likes that video let's push it out to other people with the same profile so 
but you know, I've heard from people that sometimes if I don't mention it, and I've, I've done it recently, actually, by mistake, forgot to to include the what I call a CTA section, the calls to action. And it's, yeah, it's, it's day and night in terms of subs that I convert and the likes that it gets. When I say, even though I sound like a, you know, a broken record saying in every video, for me, it's like, it's, it's annoying because I'm sounding, you know, I'm repeating it. But a lot of people are coming to your videos for the first time, right? So I, I made a concerted effort to now include in the script even that, um, but I've got some rules, right? I said, only do it after you've delivered some value, right? Or, mm. Give them something first, yeah. That that sounds cheesy as hell, right? But like show them something and then ask for the sub. Because, you know, asking at the beginning might have the adverse uh, impact as well. I I haven't experimented with that, by the way. But to me, and I've had people comment, right? Thank God you you reminded me to to subscribe because I I wasn't, you know, I I wasn't paying attention to that. Um, So, yeah, Yeah, it definitely makes a difference. I think there's an age-old thing, unless you're kind of involved in it, you don't realise the difference that one sub just hitting subscribe actually makes to that creator. Certainly, you know, the, the, the more human levels, that, that's extra subscriber all the time. Just constantly picking up the extra people makes a, such a difference, doesn't it? Yeah, I think, no, I think Mr. Who's the Boss has nailed it with, you know, the, the <laughs> way that he's kind of made it into part of the content where he's like, and uh, if you enjoy this... Uh, a sub would be sublime or yeah he's always got a different word for it and it becomes like a feature of his video it's it's primal branding um Mm. so i don't think that the audience hates it then it doesn't feel like an imposition it becomes a fun thing to see what he's going to say and it's 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 like two seconds yeah i mean it went through this spell last year where we were being told you don't need to ask for subs anymore people that watch youtube Mm -hmm. know to subscribe but i i I do think some sort of cta in, in the videos really does really does make a difference, really does help. Yeah. I, I like the way you started doing as well, because uh, you know, it's, it's a break, right? Let people like digest the content a little bit. Right? Yeah. Now, now and you, well, you, I, like, you go outside and you record a bit outside as well, which is really, I mean, I, I try to do that myself and it's, it, it really works. Like, people say, all oh, right, it's kind well, of I haven't got a cute kid anymore. Chill. So I grabbed my cat for this week's call to action. So it's me and the cat in the kitchen. <laughs> yeah. I decided actually it's cost me so much to feed her. She might as well put some out for me and try and help me get a sub or two. So yeah. it's, uh, yeah, but yeah, I, I just thought while I was trying to refresh it, uh, uh, and it has made a difference. Absolutely, it's made a difference. And I just thought, oh, well, seen it. Have, have you actually noticed there was yes. an increase? Has it? All right, yeah, yeah for me, because you know that, you know, it's a, I'm going to joke on our podcast how few subscribers I've got. But in the last week, I've picked up about 200, 250. So I mean, wow. I'm virtually at that first thousand now. And I mean, I've worked so hard to get there that I'm within about 60, 50, 60 subscribers now. And it's made a difference since I've actually done a dedicated... a week, uh, David, just to give put, put things in perspective. Last Throughout January, all the way to May last year, that's pretty much what I was doing. Well, um, I, I think it's just day, treat- maybe 15, 20 a day. <laughs> it was really uh, bad. The thing is also, talk, it's talking to guys on, on the podcast. That's why I love sitting down and doing this every fortnight because we can just bounce ideas around and hopefully people that are listening or watching the podcast get those that same energy as well. And it's just things that we found may have worked and we're all at different levels. And that's the great thing. You know, we're all finding different, exp- but there is a common interest here and just trying to make good video, good Sometimes content. Sometimes it clicks or you listen to other people and it just clicks. Oh yeah, I should, yeah, I should try should that. Try that. Absolutely, absolutely. I've realised also, Dave, we haven't let people know where they can find you. So do the honours. Let everyone know where you are. 
Yeah, so I'm on the internet. Um, we, we use I Cave Dave on pretty much everything. Uh, sometimes there's an underscore in the middle of it just to make it more fun. Uh, so you do a bit of searching. Uh, but yeah, it's just I Cave Dave on uh, on the YouTubes and and basically everywhere else. And your next video is out tomorrow, or well, we're calling this on Thursday. Oh, almost, so. almost certainly. Good boy. And Alex, your your M2 gaming video with no arcade in it is. Is out when, whenever is ready. <laughs> <laughs> I'm That's the precise way of doing yeah. things now. Yeah, yeah. I'm out of completely. It's, it's end of Thursday. I haven't got the scripts ready yet, so not likely tomorrow. It's going to happen not, when it happens. Not tomorrow. <laughs> are you going? Are you going to yeah. put RGB on the Mac Mini? Actually, that's a good idea, isn't it? Yeah, I've got a few lying around. Might maybe. I actually, maybe. I put some wheels on mine when I had the M1 Mac Mini. Uh, to make it better than the Mac Pro. <laughs> Did they cost you four hundred dollars or? <laughs> no, no, it was about, about fifteen pounds. There you go, made good. Brilliant. Okay, guys, um, I'm going to get the video this all edited up and try and get it out for over the weekend. That's my plan. Thank you very much indeed for joining us, Dave. Awesome. Good to see you, man. Thank you for having me. Awesome. Okay, guys, thank you very much indeed, and uh, we'll be back again in a couple of weeks' time.